coming up. It's an outward impact on us that's made us go whoosh. Now, January is a tough time for work colleagues, friends or family, but people are not always comfortable with asking for help. So what are the signs to look out for? Digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning Podcast. Hello, I'm Darren from TED Learning, and with me is Mandy Priest. Now, Mandy is a communications tutor and author of Being Rock. Now, Being Rock came about after she became an end-of-life volunteer and discovered that actively listening wasn't enough. People needed to feel heard. And in 2017, her training was awarded the Princess Royal Training Award for Best Practice in the Workplace. Mandy has now helped other hospices set up similar schemes. And in 2019, Mandy was the NHS Unsung Hero Volunteer of the Year. And her joy of receiving the award was matched by being asked to be part of the NHS Helpful Steering Group on volunteering within the NHS. Hello, Mandy. Thank you, Darren. Lovely to be here. And in the book, you talk about observing their body language. So just tell us about how you define body language in terms of your book. Well, one of the things I noticed, Darren, is that people, when they're troubled tend to present two types of body language. So I call them inward and outward. And inward is when somebody's feeling the weight of all their emotions inside themselves. So they've internalized that feeling. And what they tend to show then is a body language where they're trying to hide from you and hide from the world. And we all know that look. It's when, if you saw somebody walking along a beach, their head's down, their eyes are downcast, Quite often, the arms are folded in a protective sort of way. And people can either walk very slowly with this sort of inward body language, almost like they're walking through treagle because the weight of the world is on their shoulders. Or if they are forced into a social situation like school pickup, for instance, you can spot somebody as inward because they'll whiz in and whiz out of the playground with the head down (laughs) <laughs> and and so it's an escape defence posture. And if they are speaking, it's all about how they feel inside. So I feel sad, I feel frustrated. They might feel angry, but it's not an anger directed outwards. It's an anger held inside. And it's a very downcast pulling in of the body. And it is one of those things that you recognise very easily if you have a look and watch people. You can see people that are troubled and in inward. And, you know, we all know what the child coming out of school with the face on looks like. And you instantly know they've had a bad day. So the next time you witness that, have a look at the body. Because actually the reason it's called body language is because we show an awful lot with our body rather than our face. How we hold our body is a huge clue to how we're actually feeling. When you're talking about inward body language in the workplace, for example, as well, it's interesting, isn't it? I suppose it's the quietest person. I mean, you know me, I I can talk for Britain. But Patrick, my colleague, who's a trainer, will often notice the person who hasn't said anything and will help them to say what they need to say. And I suppose it's looking out for those people as well in the workplace, the ones that are quieter in meetings, the ones that are quieter in the office as well. I think that's a slightly different thing. So I hold it inward, outward and invisibles are the three types. 
And you're talking very much about that invisibility. Who are the invisible people in any social situation or any workplace situation? Introverts can easily become invisible people just because they find it hard to say what they're thinking. It sounds that you have good meetings at TED and that everyone's included, but you know, it's very easy for people to get lost. And you talked about outward body language. Outward body language is very different. So outward body language, you know that that person's in the room, you know when they've come through the door, it's the bashing, crash through the door, it's the dropping the bag down, it's very noisy outward. And people make their body very big they definitely will make eye contact with you. They will point fingers. They'll use big arm gestures. The idea is I'm really, really fed up now and I'm going to let you know. And outward tends to be not so much how I feel inside. I'm feeling sad or whatever. It's more that something outside of me has impacted on me and made me very cross or very upset. So it's normally somebody cut me up on the way here or I cannot believe what's happened on the news. Somebody's used up the last coffee and now I can't have a coffee. It's somebody else's fault. It's an outward impact on us that's made us go whoosh. Mine tends to be lots of people booking meetings in my diary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world of working virtually, it's just like it becomes a nightmare. (laughs) Yes, and I think what we forget is that both inward and outward and indeed people who are invisible can feel very unheard in each situation. And how do we enable those people to feel heard has been the next part of the journey, really, for me. So we talk about body language. Is there anything else we should be watching out for besides body language to see that someone's not feeling 100%? Yes. So the big part of my journey, I'm so grateful to the patients and the families I sat with, was realising that body language, obviously, if you're in a bed, is inhibited. So then it was, well, how are those people letting me know whether they're inward or outward? And this was the huge revelation for me. It's that people talk inward and outward. So inward people will tell you how they feel, but they will hide it just like they're hiding their body language. They normally will do what I call the drop. They'll drop into the conversation what's really bothering them, but they'll normally hide it between a load of other words. So they might say something like, yeah, I'm really enjoying the project I'm working on at the moment. The deadline's really tough, but you know, I can manage. So there's a sandwich going on between what's really the problem, but we're hiding it in a bunch of other words, or we'll instantly drop and dismiss it So I've got loads of emails, it's been horrendous, but then everyone's in the same boat. Okay, so we drop and then we dismiss. And normally what we hear is what people say after a but. But to be their rock, we need to think, what did they say just before they said the word but? And that, for me, changed everything. When someone does that, what you then do in response and what that brings out in them. Okay, so the secret then is to reflect that drop. Normally, you might not spot the first drop, but you probably will spot the second one. Either they'll use the same words or they use a theme, like, you know, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, really not sleeping well. So there'll be a theme there that I'm not coping because I'm tired. And all you do is you choose one of those words and just say tired. How you say it is very important. You mustn't make eye contact. If you do, it's quite hard to do it over a podcast, but if you look directly at somebody and go tired, 
and have that little question mark at the end of your voice, you've just shone a great big light on their vulnerability and they, if they're in inward, they're going to clam up. You'll lose them because remember they're in inward and they, they're trying to hide. So you really want, they need you to be their rock, but not like knocking on their door. So you want to reflect it by just almost like you'd say, uh-huh, mm-hmm. that I'd just say tired and, and not look at them. And then hold silence. You can't then fill that gap. Because what happens then is that person feels heard. They feel really heard. They might not respond to you, Darren. That doesn't matter because in that exact moment, they know that you can be rock for them and that they can return to you as a safe person in the future. The magic of it is they still feel heard. If I give you an example from end of life, a guy told me, he said, oh, I've had loads of lovely visitors today. Obviously, I'm going to meet my maker soon. So he's saying I'm going to die. But the cricket's on later on telly. And he said the word maker a couple of times. And the second one I repeated. And he completely ignored me as if I hadn't said it. And then when his family arrived and I got up to make some more tea, he said, he sort of signaled to me and said, can you come over? And he whispered in my ear, can you come back tomorrow and talk to me about this maker thing? Because that's what I really need to discuss. So he knew I'd heard him. It's those poignant moments. So if we can reflect a job, the big thing I would say about it is don't make a habit of it with people. It's got to be when you really need it because otherwise they'll realise you're doing a thing and it becomes a bit weird. But it's really interesting in, in that you almost got to be alert to it, haven't you? It kind of pops up in the most unusual situations. I, I tell you one of your talks once and you told us about the job and keeping quiet. And I remember my uh, teenage son, you know, teenage boys at that, at that age aren't exactly the, the most chattiest of people in the world or, the, you know, not always opening up. And and we were just tidying his room. Yeah. And he and he did a drop. And I noticed it. I thought, ah, oh, that's one of Mandy's drops. Obviously, you don't say that out loud because that just ruins the moment. Yeah. Um, so I, I literally repeated the word back to him and then he opened up about a subject. And, and I was just... I was completely blown away that I, it literally was like out, out, out of your textbook. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he just gave me a drop. I, re, I, re, I responded and let it go quiet. And then, yeah, he, he came back and we had a, a really good conversation. Just tidying his room. And I suppose it can happen in a canteen or if you're yeah. just out socially meeting with somebody. Yeah. Um, and it's just being aware of it, I guess. Yeah. And I think what's interesting, you're tidying the room. So you're present together. He knows he's got his dad with him. But you're not necessarily making eye contact because you're both busy. And it's that it's fascinating how it works. So that's inward speak. Outward speak is the rant. And if there's anyone listening to this who is a fellow ranter, I've discovered the art of menopausal ranting. Um, (laughs) My poor husband, you can feel sorry for him right now. But if you've got a ranter in your life, you like to rant. It is literally like a storm. And it needs to blow itself out. That's so important. Don't come in on a rant. Don't try and stop a rant. Don't try and, because you'll just escalate it. So what I realised is people in outward need to be heard. And it's hard sitting with a rant. It's hard listening to it. But if you do, they will literally let off the steam and then they come back to you. And when I realised that people have a certain way in which they speak so they rant and then they return and the returns can be hilarious they can be very predictable if you know somebody who rants a lot watch out how do they let you know they're done so I've got a best friend who says anyway that's enough about me how are you 
and I know she's back. Some people will use humour. Some people will go, well, I didn't realise I was that upset. And whatever it is, people have a way of letting you know that they've come back. And then once they're back, they are then open for you to have a conversation. So I think in the workplace, if you let someone rant, let that steam go off, then you are then able to then talk perhaps more professionally about what the situation is and what you can do about it. So I have a very cheesy, it's terribly cheesy, Darren, way of remembering that. I have to rock before I do my roll. I have to rock before I roll. So if somebody's ranting, I've got to be rock. Because if my role is to sort out the problem afterwards, whether it's with my son or in a professional capacity, that's fine. But I have to listen first. They have to feel heard first. I suppose some people might find dealing with a ranter really, really hard. So I know of people who find that way of communicating really aggressive and really imposing and struggle just to be there during the rant and... What would you say to somebody who's triggered like that and just literally wants to walk out because they find that really overbearing? Well, there is a fine line between being a rock for others and being a rock for ourselves. And I think if you do find it very threatening and overbearing, then walk. Because actually you cannot be a rock for other people if you don't care for yourself. And your well-being is as important, more important, actually, than anybody else's because we can't pour from an empty cup. So it is about being able to judge the situation. However, I would say one of the things to do is if somebody's ranting at you personally and it feels like an attack personally, that might be a time to say, I will listen to you, but I can't listen to you like this. And then I probably walk. But if they're ranting about something that happened on the telly or something that, you know, that it's in the news, something that's happened on the way home or into work, I'd probably just let them go because it's not about me. It's about them. I just think, oh, they're having a rant. Okay. You know, think about how many teenagers or young people rant and we're trying to stop them and we're trying to fix them and trying to sort them out, but not letting that emotion come out. Well, I think that's a problem. Let them let them rant. Let it get it out. Because part of our mental health has got to be, okay, I'm really, really cross about this. And somebody could hear me, then I feel validated in how I feel. And if somebody interrupts me, I don't feel validated. Thanks, Mandy. Well, that's all from Mandy and I in this podcast. You can get a copy of Mandy Priest's book or ebook called Being Rock from Amazon. And you can hear all of our chats with Mandy Priest on our website, podcast.tedlearning.co.uk, or you can get it from all good podcast platforms. Mm-hmm.